Just inside the 16, quarterback draw, Jalen Hurts, touchdown! Are you kidding me? Alabama leads. What up? Streaming live from the beautiful FTJ Studios. It's your host, Addison, man. Welcome to another edition of From the Jump, man. We got a, a, an emergency episode today. We got an emergency episode today. This story just came across my desk, and I had to hop on. And we had to, we, we got to digest it, man. Shout out to E for hopping in the studio with me. I know it was last minute, E, man. Love, my brother. Peace and love. But this was an emergency episode that we had to do. This was an emergency episode we had to do right here because a lot of people... I'm hearing a lot of different opinions about this Kareem Hunt situation. And I gotta talk and I gotta talk about it. I gotta dissect it. I gotta talk about it and I gotta dissect it. But man, I wanna give a first shout out to everybody that's been listening, man. Everybody that's streaming right now on all platforms, man. Shout out to you for being a loyal listener. Shout out to you, man. Your boy, we do this for the love. Nobody else. You know what I'm saying? Shout out to you for listening to the podcast every single time we drop. But you already know we're gonna start off today's show. Now, if you haven't heard the news. The Kansas City Chiefs have released running back, star running back, rookie sensation. I mean, this 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 brother right here was the real deal. The Kansas City Chiefs have released star running back Kareem Hunt after the video has surfaced of an incident of him shoving and kicking a woman back in February in a hotel in Cleveland, Ohio. Now, the NFL has also decided to put him on the commissioner's exempt list. So, of course, once TMZ came out with the video first, with the video of Kareem Hunt shoving the woman, which if you haven't seen it, I would definitely tell you to go check it out so we can kind of give you some context because a lot of people are saying this is Ray Rice situation. This isn't Ray Rice-like. Of course, the situations are similar because of the fact that, of course, TMZ put the story out. Of course, because of the fact that the Chiefs tried to get the video, the police officers, everybody tried to get the, the videotape and they couldn't get the videotape. But somehow the hotel leaked it to TMZ. So we have that kind of situation happening here where the Ray Rice could be talked about and be similar. But I'm not going to sit here and say that this Ray Rice and Kareem Hunt situation is similar because it isn't. Like we had a situation. They had the Ray Rice situation where him and his wife were in the elevator and he punched her and she was knocked unconscious. This situation was a little bit more different. There was a lot of other people involved. It kind of looked like was some pushing and shoving from a lot of different places. But in that video alone, it did show that he did, in fact, push her. It showed that. And you know the NFL has a zero-tolerance policy when it comes to domestic violence. We saw this situation happen with Ray Rice, and the NFL suspended him two games, and then they came back, and then they said, okay, well, now you're suspended indefinitely. Well, everybody was like, well, you saw the video. Why didn't you suspend him indefinitely then? The Kansas City Chiefs made a business decision. And everybody's saying that all oh, the Chiefs were wrong for just cutting him and not staying by his side. The, again, if it doesn't reign supreme, that the NFL is a business, that the NFL is a business. The NFL will not stand for domestic violence. You already saw their stance on the police brutality. You saw their stance when it came to the protesting and the kneeling of the national anthem, how they wanted to abolish and get rid of that almost and almost kind of make amends. by OK, Nike signed Colin Kaepernick. I saw that whole move. And again, the NFL has had a great year so far. I'm not going to lie. I've been watching it. I wasn't one of the ones that's boycotting it because I, I understand what the NFL is all about. So once you understand what the NFL is about, you can then handle it differently. You can then watch it for how you watch it. And from what we do, we have to watch the game. So I can't be protesting. I can't be boycotting the NFL. I can have my views and I can have my opinions about it, but I'm going to keep that to myself. 
But when it comes to the business of the game, we got to watch the games. And the games this year have been great. And at the end of the day, the Kansas City Chiefs right now are the best team in AFC. I mean, New England, but record-wise, they're the best team in AFC. And the only two teams that they've lost to to this point have been New England Patriots and the best team in NFC, which are the LA Rams. When we look at the Kansas City Chiefs, they like, look, brother, we don't know what the hell you got going on. When we asked you about it, they said they lied about it initially, which he probably just gave the, you know what, we was in a situation in the hotel, she was drunk, blase, we, you know, pushing and shoving happened. Okay, cool. But when there is video evidence of what transpired, see, we live in a time now where you can't hide from anything. There's cameras everywhere. There's somebody always watching. Somebody's always recording. Especially when you're the big name, Kareem Hunt. Everybody knows who you are. You are a pro bowler. You ain't just the Kansas City Chiefs, just any old guy. Like, you the best player on the Chiefs as we speak. So, again, well, you and Tyreek Hill and, well, I'm sorry, Patrick Mahomes. But you get what I'm saying. So, I'm the, 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 my thing is, you have to be careful. You can't be caught up in Ohio in, in a hotel situation. Now we out of the NFL. He was on pace to average 1,000 yards. Probably was going to go back to a pro bowl. The Chiefs looking like they are poised to make a Super Bowl run. This is just a, the Chiefs saying, look, brother, this is business. Ain't nothing personal. We asked you about it. You lied to us. Hey, my man, I wish you the best. And the NFL put them on the exemption list as them saying you're suspended indefinitely. And that's that. That's nothing more, nothing less to it. Again, was I shocked by it? I was because when I saw, okay, they said that they sent him home and in the commissioner list. But I knew once he got on the commissioner list, it was only a matter of time before the Chiefs was going to cut ties. They wasn't going to have another Ray Rice situation where we have a whole press conference. We stand behind you. You get to apologize. No, 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 no. You ain't finna mess this train up. They are 9-2 right now. They the hottest team in the NFL right now. They don't got time for no distractions. No Kareem Hunt pushing elevator situation. They just don't. That's the reality of this situation. And I got to talk about it because it's from the jump. And I saw somebody on Twitter talk about they were outraged at the Chiefs and at the NFL and how they, they're handling the situation. That They handled it the same way they should have handled Ray Rice. At the end of the day, you cannot stand behind domestic violence. The NFL is a big business. I need y'all to understand that. These owners own businesses, which they have corporations and sponsorship dollars. Man, this is a lot of money we talking about. I, I, I'm not going to say I feel bad for Kareem Hunt because at the end of the day, it's like, you want to see my man land on his two, but at the same time, it's like, it's the NFL, bro. And you know the NFL is, is zero tolerance on that, pretty much the national anthem protesting. When we when it's the protesting time, when it's time to stand for that national anthem, they need you to stand up at attention. And at the end of the day, domestic violence, anything else, weed, all that other stuff, all right, we laugh at that. They kind of suspend you, but come on, that's a joke to me, right? Like the performance enhancing drug thing is like, okay, we know all the guys is popping. We know they popping all these different types of pills. Like, come on, I play football, so I know what's going on. There's so many different muscle drinks and stuff they drinking. Who knows what's inside this stuff? But when it comes to domestic violence, there's a zero tolerance policy. So the NFL said, you know what? If this situation comes back around again, we ain't playing no games. And this is the one right here. They're going to have to make an example out of Kareem Hunt. They're going to have to make an example out of Kareem Hunt. At the end of the day, we don't care how good you are. When TMZ puts out that footage, there's nothing else you can do, my brother. Straight up. Coming up next on From the Jump, we'll talk college football Saturday yesterday. I'll give you a recap of all the games yesterday. And, of course, we'll talk UGA, Alabama. We'll talk Memphis, UCF. Let's get into it. And on today's edition of the wrap-up, Greg Popovich said the NBA is no longer the same. Is he right? Stay tuned. It's From the Jump.
It's Kia's Black Friday sales event. For a limited time, get 3500 total cash on a 2019 Sorento V6 when financed through Kia Motors Finance. Hurry to your Kia dealer today. Yes, sir. And we live back in the FTJ studio. Hey, man, shout out to E the Engineer. Quick NBA score rundown before we get into college football playoffs. The Golden State Warriors took on the Detroit Pistons last night, a game in which Steph Curry saw action last night after being out 11 games. He finished yesterday's game with 27 points, three assists, and five rebounds. He was three for nine from three. Klay Thompson finished yesterday's game with 21 points as well and also eight rebounds. Kevin Durant also finished yesterday's game nine for 19 with 28 points, seven assists, and also six rebounds. The team high for the Detroit Pistons with Blake Griffin with 26 points, six rebounds, and five assists. Andre Drummond also finished yesterday's game with 16 points and 19 rebounds. Stanley Johnson off the bench also chipped in with 19 points and seven rebounds. And also, Reggie Jackson had a solid game yesterday as well, 17 points and five assists. Detroit over the Golden State Warriors yesterday, 102 to 111. Other scores around the NBA yesterday, the New York Knicks over the Milwaukee Bucks, 136-134. Washington Wizards over the Brooklyn Knicks, 102 to 88. Toronto Raptors, 106-95 over the Cleveland Cavaliers. Houston Rockets, 121-105 over the Chicago Bulls. The Boston Celtics defeated the Timberwolves last night, 118-109. And the Sacramento Kings edged out the Indiana Pacers last night, 111-110. Now, switching gears to college football Saturday yesterday. And, and you know we got to talk about it. And you know we got to discuss it. Everybody else took care of their business yesterday. Ohio State took care of Northwestern 45-24 yesterday. And by the way, if you didn't see Dwayne Haskins last night, this young man put on the show. I know Kyler Murray pretty much secured the Heisman Trophy last night. But Dwayne Haskins going into next year will be the Heisman front runner. It's that simple. I mean, this young man physically has the size, the tools, and I think he is poised to be one of Ohio State's best quarterbacks. Ohio State hasn't really had a, a, a true, real quarterback since Troy Smith. J.K. Dobbins played exceptional yesterday, but as I said, man, Ohio State took care of business as they should, and I believe they should be one of the four teams in the college football play. But we'll get into that a little bit later. But like I said, they took care of business yesterday, 45-24. The Oklahoma Sooners defeated the Texas Longhorns yesterday, 39-27. A game in which was really a red rivalry rematch, if you will. Because remember, Texas did edge out Oklahoma early on in the season. And that was Oklahoma's only loss all season was to Texas. And I think on Saturday, Oklahoma proved, and I think Kyler Murray proved to the entire country, that Oklahoma is one of the best teams in the country. And at the end of the day, that first time when they played Texas, that it was a fluke. The UCF Golden Knights defeated the Memphis Tigers yesterday to complete their undefeated season once again, 56-41. Now, UCF was down in this game. They made their case as to why they feel like they should be in the college football playoff. And as y'all all know, the selection committee isn't going to look at you, UCF, if you have not scheduled a Power 5 team. They aren't going to respect you with Wyoming and Sacramento States and Cincinnati's and Temples and SMU's. They're just not. You're going to have to go out there and schedule a Power 5 conference game in order to get looked at, win, lose, or draw. It's almost better to go and schedule that game and lose and let that game be the loss on your record. They go 12-0 and and not even get looked at. The number two team in the country, the Clemson Tigers, took on Pittsburgh yesterday in which they took care of business. 42-10. Trevor Lawrence was sensational yesterday. 12 for 24, 118 yards, two touchdowns. Travis Etienne finished yesterday's game with 12 carries for 156 yards and also two touchdowns. I mean, that Clemson defense was sensational yesterday. Ultimately, Clemson punched his ticket to the college football playoff yesterday with that win in the ACC championship. But switching gears to the game of the day in college football, and that was the SEC championship. The number one team in the country, Alabama, took on the number four team in the country, Georgia. Now we can say all we want to about this game, and you know we're going to talk about it. You know I'm going to get into that fake punt. 
And, and, and what the hell was Kirby Smart thinking on that play? What the hell was Kirby Smart thinking on that 4th and 11 play? We're going to start off with that. Now, y'all take a listen to Kirby Smart's answer after the game as to why he decided to go for the 4th and 11 in that time, in that game, in that spot of the moment. Yeah, we had uh, been carrying that for – actually carried it last year and um, thought it was there and it was there today. And uh, we were going to snap the ball quick and it took too long to snap the ball. They didn't have a guy covered. We had a guy wide open and – we took so long to snap it that they ended up recognizing it and uh, got the guy covered late. But it was probably 20, 30 yards uh, field position. Yeah, we came to win the game. We wanted to try to win the game. And I uh, talked to the guys for the game about it. So if we get an opportunity to run it, we're going to run it. Now, after listening to Kirby Smart's answer, I understand exactly what he's saying. But come on, coach. We played football too many years. You've been coaching football too many years to run a fake punt on 4th and 11. You put the freshman in there to make that play. Now, Nick Saban said they were in punt safe. Punt safe essentially is just keeping your defense on the field, making sure, hey, if they were to happen to fake the punt here and or even if they were to punt it, we're good regardless. We have a guy that can ultimately go back there and get it, but we'd rather go block the punt than have somebody return it. They were in punt safe regardless. So at the end of the day, they had all their best defense out there, so they were prepared for anything that could happen because their defense was on the field. So by you trying to run a fake punt on 4th and eleven. And Kirby saying they had the look. Well, of course, they're going to leave a guy unguarded. That's what's going to happen because that's a punt safe look. But at the end of the day, once they recognize that, why didn't you check out of it? Why didn't you just punt the ball? Because you just gave the best team in the country the football in the middle of the field. And oh, by the way, you just gave it to the SEC player of the year. Now, Tua, yes, he's played good. But at the end of the day, Jalen Hurts won a national championship. Now, yes, Tua has won a national championship as well. But let's not sit here and act like Jalen Hurts was not Alabama's starter and prior to has not only lost two games. And when you bring in a guy like that off the bench in that kind of moment, in that kind of game, you didn't really game plan for him at all. Like, sure, you prepared for him saying, okay, if in fact he does come in the game, but you were not prepared for Jalen Hurts to insert himself in the game for Tua. You prepared for Tua. And which, by the way, yesterday, he showed me that his longevity in football isn't going to be long at all. He was scrambling around the pocket. He kept trying to make the home run play. And I get what Alabama wants to do, but you're going to have to go out and get an offensive line. And you're going to have to go out and get some receivers because they dropped a lot of footballs yesterday. Running backs are sensational. Running backs, I, I mean, Najee, they are sensational. Alabama's defense, it's legitimate. Now, the question going forward for the Alabama Crimson Tide is, no matter who they get, do you feel like Alabama, do you trust Alabama from this point going forward? Because now Alabama has a quarterback situation. Jalen Hurst just won this game. Tua is visibly hurt. How are you going to be able to handle this situation? Now he's going to have time to recover between now and the college football playoff. He'll have time between now and that first semifinal game to get healthy. But again, who do you want to go with in this game going forward? Do you want to go with Tua or do you want to go with Jalen Hurts? That's just a million-dollar question that Nick Saban's going to have to ask himself. But now switching over to Georgia. And again, the reason why Georgia lost this game yesterday is because Georgia got cute. Georgia got cute yesterday the same way the Falcons got cute in the Super Bowl two years ago. When you have a team down, you have to put them away. And I felt like in that fourth and 11 punt, why didn't you trust your defense right there, Kirby? You are a defensive coach. Your defense is your bread and butter, really, not your offense. 
And I'm going to let y'all know right now, Justin Fields will be the starting quarterback of the UGA Bulldogs next fall. I need y'all to know that right now. Yesterday, and, and, and I love Justin Fields. We went to the same alma mater. We're family. We played on the same. T- so we, we go there. We, we there. But me, personally, he had no business in that game at all yesterday. He had no business at all running the trick plays and the quarterback draw. Kirby, what the hell were you thinking yesterday, man? All this trick plays and all this. What was that? Stick to the game plan. Keep giving DeAndre Swift the football. Keep giving Elijah Holyfield the football. I thought in the second half they got away from that. They tried to get cute. You got to respect your opponent. And I felt like Kirby Smart had no respect for Nick Saban at all yesterday. I understand you were trying to come and win this game yesterday, but you have no respect at all for Nick Saban going for it on 4th and 11. Nick Saban almost said, how dare you try me like that? How dare you try me? I'm 13 and 0. I won a championship last year. Sure, y'all supposed to have won the championship last year, just like they were supposed to win it this year. Once again, Georgia was knocking at the door and couldn't close the deal. The Falcons the same way. They were knocking at the door and couldn't close the deal. You want to know why they couldn't close the deal? It's because the same reason why everybody else can't close the deal against Alabama. Alabama isn't going to beat itself. You saw when Tua went out, Jalen Hurts inserted himself in. There wasn't chaos. There wasn't anarchy. It was routine as usual for Alabama once Jalen Hurts came in the game. Georgia, to me yesterday, looked like a team from Georgia. Looked like a team that at the end of the day, Felt like it was supposed to be Alabama, but beat themselves ultimately. And Kirby Smart outsmarted himself yesterday. That's all he did. And Nick Saban was going to allow him to do that. Nick Saban was going to allow Kirby Smart to do that because Nick Saban knows. He said it. Georgia's a better team than us. I don't want to face Georgia again. Are you serious? This is the only team in college football that can beat me. But they beat themselves. You want to know why? Because Kirby Smart wants to be smart. He wants to be the smartest guy in the room. And again, yesterday, he showed us with the little tirade about the college football playoffs and how his team should be in there. No, Kirby, your team should not be in there. And I love Georgia, but they should not be in there at the yesterday's performance. There's no way in the world you had Alabama beat and you lost. There's no way. There's no way. And at the end of the day, if you are a true dog fan, you should be upset right now that he blew that game yesterday. That's pride. That's all that was yesterday was pride on 4th and 11. You're going to throw the freshman in there. Shame on you. He had no right being in that position. And now he got to go answer the question about the call. No, he had no right. That's on Kirby Smart. Straight up. I mean, I don't know, man. I, I, I'm, I'm just, I'm, I'm lost for words right now, E. I mean, at the end of the day, Georgia had this game won. We sit here watching the game. They had the game won. And they blew it on a 4th and 11 fake punt. Now, Greg Popovich speaking to the media the other day had some choice words in regards to the NBA style of play nowadays. He says that the NBA is no longer the same. There's no beauty in it, and it's pretty boring. Now, Greg Popovich says in a quote, these days, there's such emphasis on the three because it's proven to be analytically correct. Now, if you look at the stat sheet after the game, the first thing you're going to look at is the threes. If you made more threes than the other team did, you win the game. You don't even look at the rebounds, turnovers, transition D, or anything else that was involved. You don't care. The impact the three-point shot has had has been inevitable and has pretty much changed everybody's style of game. He says he's hated, but he always hated. He said he's hated it for 20-plus years. 
And he said that he makes the joke that if they're going to do anything to add to the game, they should have a four-point play. But see, this is where I draw the line with Greg Popovich is because Greg Popovich was the guy that kind of introduced us to this whole three-point era. It was 2000, and if you, let's try to get back, shall we? It was the 2014 San Antonio Spurs team that was shooting all those threes that was running rings and circles around the Miami Heat. Remember when LeBron collapsed in San Antonio and they had to carry him off the court? Remember when Danny Green was hitting all those threes and Gary Neal, and they had all these different guys coming off the bench, and now all of a sudden San Antonio isn't good anymore, so now Greg Popovich feels away. Now, I got two things I want to say on Greg Popovich. The first thing is, I agree with him partially that the NBA is not the same. I agree that the NBA is all entertainment now. We know that the regular season is all entertainment. Real basketball doesn't really start until the end of the season and or the playoffs, for that matter. Right now, during the regular season, it's all for the teams like the Orlando Magic, for the Phoenix Suns, the Memphis Grizzlies. Those teams with, you know, one or two stars on their teams. The regular season is for those teams because the NBA realized Golden State's far better than everybody else, right? So... We have to allow everybody else underneath them to tank. And that, and, and, this, and to be honest, if we're going to be quite real, I think San Antonio should do the exact same thing. They're not going to win with DeMar DeRozan as their best player. Kawhi Leonard left. LaMarcus Aldridge hasn't really been good since he's been in San Antonio. And besides, Greg Popovich no longer wants to coach in the NBA. And it's evident. You know, he had the situation where his wife passed away earlier on. I believe it was this year and or maybe last year. You know, of course, he's set to coach the USA basketball team. But, you know, he's making these comments about, you know, the NBA isn't the same no more. Basketball is boring. You know, you don't want to have the head coach of the Team USA program talking about how boring the game of basketball is because you want somebody who's an ambassador of the game. We want the three-point shot to evolve. That's it, it makes the game more exciting. We'd rather see the score 141 and 151 to 112 as opposed to 75 to 86. Those games are good back in the day, but those games are defensive games. The refs have to call a lot of fouls on these players. A lot of players are going to foul out of a lot of different games. The NBA is just no longer the same anymore, but life isn't the same anymore that it was 20 years ago when Greg Popovich probably stepped in the game. The fundamentals of the game then were probably more useful than they are now. Guys then weren't athletic as they are now. You got these kids jumping out the gym at 13 years old. Are you serious? LeBron James' son is already dunking. He ain't even in high school yet. These kids are dunking at fifth grade, sixth grade. So what I'm saying is you're absolutely right. The three-point shot did revolutionize the game, but basketball ain't the same. How you judge these players, how these kids are graded nowadays is no longer the same how it used to be. Talent isn't even evaluated the same way. So he's absolutely right. Basketball isn't the same, but it ain't horrible and it ain't boring. Golden State is just winning right now. Golden State is not going to win forever. They're not going to win forever. Somebody's going to beat them eventually. But right now, they're the best team in the NBA. And there is not another team out there that has been assembled good enough to beat them. Action-packed show for you today. You know, we discussed a lot. Had to talk about the Kareem Hunt situation. Again, you know you want to see my man land on this too. But when you put your hands on women, the NFL has a zero-tolerance policy when it comes to that. You know we had to talk UGA Georgia I don't know what Kirby Smart's decision on that play was, but it just goes to show us as long as Alabama and Nick Saban is in the SEC, Alabama will always be number one. Georgia will always be number two. It's your boy, man. Follow me on all my social media at From the Jump, man. I follow everybody back. But until next time, man, we out.